Welcome to episode 68 of the Rex Chapman Show with my super dope homeboy from the Lex Town, Josh Hopkins, otherwise known as William Joseph Hopkins, otherwise known as Billy Joseph Hopkins. William Joseph Hopkins. No, I don't have it right. What do you call me? Billy Joe. Billy Joe what, Hopkins. What do you what do people call me? Dipshit. My first name. Oh, Josh. Yeah, so it's not Joseph, it's Joshua. William Joshua. That's what I meant. You know what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I you know what I meant. The, but but the all your fans out there really they, want to clarify. You know, I'm just talking. They know I'm yeah, dumb. Yeah, I do. They know I'm <laughs> dumb. <laughs> uh how's uh how's Texas, buddy? Beautiful, lovely. Yeah. How's how's Brooklyn? Brooklyn is it's it's banging. That's how it's doing. Brooklyn I like that. Banging. I love it when we have our uh our condos yeah. just synced. perfect like this. Yeah, that's yeah. that's I love that. That's I do uh, too. Um episode 68, Josh. Yeah. 68. You know any 68s? Number 68s in sports? Uh Russ Grimm. That's old um, school, but Russ uh, Grimm stands out. What do you got? I got Yaramir Yager. <laughs> That's, yeah, kudos to you. I didn't look that up. Uh uh-uh. uh. I didn't look uh-uh. up Elsie Greenwood. Whoa, what a great I didn't. Goal. I just I know I can tell popped you into my head. Yeah, very smart. Yeah. I would, of course, I would go again. We know Six. Dr. J yeah. and Kobe with the fro. Apsy, and I go Dr. Mm-hmm. J and Antoine Walker. Oh, nice. I like uh-huh. that. Celtics our, our Celtics twan. Yeah. Um, what's been up? What's been up in Austin, Josh? You uh, anything fun going on there, buddy? Mm, well, you know, it's the holiday season. I've been trying to get gifts well, my nieces and nephews. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a great Thanks. time to catch up on reading around this time. You got a little extra time around the holidays, which brings us into book club. And speaking of book club, have you read anything this week, bud? Uh, well, it's funny you should say that because I'm starting to get all these uh, Christmas cards and stuff from these families and things. And uh, some of them have like the earth and this was this day and joy and mm-hmm. whatever. But they're too that's they're too long. Yeah. I don't read those. So I should have, but no, I haven't read anything. Those are, I'm just like, just say Merry Christmas or whatever and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, uh, what about you? Uh, my mom and dad have come into town recently. Uh, they came into town, you know, a week or so ago, still here. Uh, and nicely done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, uh, I've just been spending so much time with them. I haven't had a chance to read anything, Josh. Uh, normally I would No, normally, yeah. you know, me voracious, yeah. uh, but the last yeah. week or so just, ah, holiday blahs. Haven't read a thing. They're probably the like Rex Everett. What? I've never seen you this long without a book in your hand. <laughs> that's me. That yeah. is me. That's yeah. great. That's anyway, great. that's been book club. Yeah. Uh, Josh, we got a good guest today. Really excited sure about our and guest. A dude you love. A dude I love. We have former teammate of mine, Maryland Terrapin, Hall of Famer, 11-year NBA vet. We have... Walter Ander Williams Jr., <laughs> the wizard, Walt Williams. What's up, Walt? 
Oh man, my full government, huh? Full, full, full. <laughs> What's going on, Rex? How you doing, brother? I'm great. I see you, Iceman, back behind you. I see you with Jay's jer uh, uh, Lynn's jersey on the wall, Maryland pride. Uh, yeah. Mr. High Socks, Mr. High Socks, and it, it, and, and the Iceman warm too. Absolutely, man. That's why I, that's where I got it from. That's where it originated from. I, I actually uh, I was watching some uh, Iceman highlights one day, and we had a inner squad scrimmage. Uh, when I was playing with University of Maryland, we had an inner squad scrimmage. It was a lot of people there, and uh, you know, I pulled my socks up that particular that particular day, and I had an incredible, incredible scrimmage. And so, hey, I thought it was because of the socks, and there you have it. Uh, no, I, I remember. You remember Walt? Uh, I had a big game. We had a we played Chicago down in in our building. I had a big game. At, uh, but I had a peanut butter and jelly that afternoon uh, before the game. I had a peanut butter and jelly before every game for the next month. <laughs> That's what's up, man. We got to ride with what works. Uh, man, it's so good to see you, Walt. Um, we had a, we did. We had a fun year down in Miami. I, I don't know if you even. Let's see. So you went to Maryland in nine in eighty what eighty eight? Yes, eighty eight. So we're two two years apart i think but i i was in the league four years before you i believe yes. so what i what i remember is i was traded from charlotte and um to washington for the bullets and my neighbor is gary williams oh, and, wow. <laughs> and gary and i are talking one day and he's telling me about this young kid that he's so excited about <laughs> And to and, you know, living there and we lived in Mitchellville right near Landover, where, you know, the local news for the next three years, it's nothing but Walt the Wizard Williams. And you had you had gone from, you know, this young, skinny kind of raw to the wizard. Yeah. Yeah. That, how how early do you remember Walt playing basketball, uh, even if you had to use the, the playground jungle gym or clothes hanger for when you didn't have a hoop at home? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. So my first experience of playing hoops, it was not on a basketball court, man. So I, I grew up in these uh, um, Fort Chaplin apartments and across the parking lot was this little small uh, uh, playground and it had the, the, um, the uh, you know, the little horsey thing that you could rock yeah. back <laughs> <laughs> Look, the, spr the springs was all rusted out, but yeah. we had two of them, right? And then it had a seesaw, and then it had these uh, these rugby bars, man, that were real big at the bottom, and it got smaller and smaller as it went up to the top, and at the right. top was just this one square. So it used to shoot into the square, and then the ball would just like like clinko, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, taking forever to come down. But what, what helped me the most is that. Uh, on the other side of the of the, uh, of the um the monkey bars if you missed and it went off to that side uh it went over the fence which was a which is set up on a hill so it went down the hill oh, and then the no. parking lot was at a slant so it would go down the hill and and back down the slant so it was a long run if you missed that shot man so <laughs> it taught you to be very focused that's right you didn't you def you definitely were, probably had a miss short uh, thing for a while. <laughs> so long misses, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you were probably in pretty good shape at first. Until, yeah, until you got your stroke. 
That's great. Well, uh, I got to tell you this. Uh, I've been friends with Rex for a long time. I'm from Kentucky. We That's my guy. And every time your name comes up or he speaks of you, he lights up. He <laughs> loves you, man. And he just says you are the best in funny and the best personality. So you're with it. Rex loves you. That's all I want to say, man. And, hey, and if, if Rex loves Rex. you, I love you. <laughs> let me yeah, tell you something about great. Rex, man. You know, uh, when, when I first came to Miami, so I wasn't what you would call like a, a spot shooter at that point in my career yet. I was a, a scorer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw early on, man, I got the ball very few times to get busy out there. When I was previously in Sacramento, I was used to getting the ball and ISOs. And Rex told me real quickly, he said, hey, man, you playing with Alonzo Morning and Tim Hardaway, but you got to get out. You got to get the spot up game going. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he, really, he really turned the switch for me. And, uh, you know, after that, I started to stay after practice. Me, Rex, and Big Vote, Bashawn Leonard. Yeah, and that's right. We get uh, spot ups like crazy with my man, um, uh, uh, Stan Van Gundy. Stan, Stan, Stan. Van Gundy, big Stan. Yeah. Stan, Stan was in his rookie year. Friend of the show. Yeah. That, that year right there, I really, uh, th- those uh, that work after practice, it really turned me into a three-point shooter, man. But, uh, you know, didn't, that, you were, didn't you, What wasn't it interesting, I felt it was anyway, because you, you had been playing in Sacramento on bad teams, right? And before I got to Miami, I had played for the Hornets and the Bullets. That year in Miami, though, it, yeah. for me, for me personally, it taught me a lot. You know, it was the first time we were winning, you know, ha- at least half our games. It taught me, you know, again, you know, you hear in the NBA now, you can still get better. You can still get better. And there was a professionalism that it wasn't fun all the time in Miami. You know that. But didn't it didn't it teach you and kind of set you up and prepare you for the rest of your career, Walt? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, being in a winning environment, especially at that that level, you know, the highest level. I mean, it was it was it was great, man, because it's just so hard to win. And I don't know if you remember, Rex, I came uh, after All-Star break. So it was right. uh, in that last half of the season. We were the we had the best record for that second half of the season. So my experience with Miami, we were winning like crazy, yeah. you know? And so it was, it was definitely a drastic difference for me. And I absolutely learned a lot, you know, especially watching guys like Alonzo and, and the work that he would put in um, the, the greatness that he, that he was, uh, the greatness that he was at the, the level that he was at was just mm-hmm. tremendous. And to see the work that he put in, um, I can remember as a young guy, man, craziness. So I played with Mitch Richmond, man, Mitch Richmond, yeah. was, an unbelievable player worked his tail off. When I when I was work when I played with him and I would see the work he put in after practice, the thought that came into my head was, I had never seen someone that was that talented work right. that hard. Work that and hard. usually a dude that's working that hard, he's not that talented, so he has to right. get to that level. And I was thinking to myself, man, Mitch must not think he's that good of a player. <laughs> you know, the reason why he's working that hard. So it took me a few years to see, like, oh man. Because when I would go into games, I thought I thought I had pretty, I thought I could play, right? But I right. would go into games and I would see Mitch, man, and and uh the way he would play on both ends, lock dudes mm-hmm. up and then bust their ass, man. It was unbelievable. And to see his one-on-one matchups against like dudes like Jordan, Reggie. You know where I you know where I think that comes from, Walt? Like you and I, we were like highly regarded in high school. 
and McDonald's type guys and all that. And Mitch, Mitch and I were in the same draft class. He went fifth and I went eighth. And I never heard of Mitch until the yeah. draft. Never really? heard. He played two years at Kansas State. They were never on TV. No, but I didn't know who he was. He had a hunger. He had a hunger that he knew. You know, he would see guys like me getting publicity and it hurt him, right? <laughs> and, and, but hearing you, because you go in as a high, you're a lottery pick and you go in and that's a bad team y'all are playing on. But it's great to have a guy like Mitch, who's a veteran, who's going to say, hey, here's how you do things. Absolutely. I was, I was lucky enough, even though Sacramento, we, we, we didn't win as much, but I played with some great uh, veteran guys, uh, Wayne and Tisdale. Yeah, I mean, Tizzy. Bud Webb. You know, I learned a lot from those guys. The, the biggest thing I learned from Rex was very early on, you know, you, you, you know how it is. You're, you're a rookie. You come into the league. You think it's just hoops, man. We playing ball just like in college. But, but it's different. It becomes a business. And you, you have to understand that part of it. And uh, my first lesson of that was uh, my first day in practice. You know, I came on the floor and I was all smiling and everything. I was happy to get going. And uh, Tiz came to me and said, hey, young fella, I just want you to know this right here. You know, when you went into that office and everybody was looking at you smiling and you signing that, you signing your name on that dotted line, everybody's shaking your hand and telling you how great you are. When you turned around and, and leaving to go out that door, they on the phone trying to find somebody better than you. And they're not <laughs> going to stop until they find that dude. And I was like, wow. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and he's and like, hey, the rest of great advice. Sending dudes off and trying to take your job, man. Yep. And uh, that was a reality check right there because I never realized that part of the game. And uh, yeah, I learned that very early on. And that, that's great because it leads into one thing. Now, that was one welcome to the NBA moment. Yeah. Didn't you have your next welcome to the NBA moment the next night in a preseason game? Oh, yeah, man. Um, so we so actually that was beforehand, um, you know, okay. so uh, when I, I, I landed in, uh, I think we were in like South Dakota or some Sioux Falls or something like that because it was a preseason game that we were playing with, uh, we were playing against the Bulls. So you were holding out a little. Yes, it was the last, yeah. it was the last preseason game. Wow. And I flew there on the day of, the morning of, and man, I didn't, I didn't know any plays. <laughs> but you know, hey, you know the game, and so he'd call out a, he, he would call out a 32 pick. So he would simplify things so I know that that's a 3-2 pick and roll or, you know, something right. like that. And so I remember this pick and roll play it was me and Mitch. So Scotty's guarding, guarding me, Jordan's guarding Mitch, go off the pick and roll, they switch, and I'm supposed to throw it to Mitch for the ISO. So, so Scotty wasn't that elite defender yet, uh, you, you right, know. Right. I, I'm supposed to give it to Mitch for the ISO. But when I switch, I just say, oh, man, I got Jordan on me, and I wave Mitch off. <laughs> the all-star on our team, I waved him off. <laughs> And I, I came down and I gave Jordan my little ISO hesitation cross and he stole that thing and went down and did the uh, the emblem dunk. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> and then when he ran back down, he tapped me on the button and said, hey man, we watch film up here. I knew he was going to do that fake crossover. <laughs> 
So I had a lot, I had a lot of early teaching uh, going on for me. Also, what film? <laughs> he had to go back and watch you in college for that. Yeah. It's like he didn't. <laughs> man, I mean, he for a preseason game. He watched games. He watched games, man. Yeah. Yeah. Making making a statement right away. I know. I know. I remember those days, man. Walt, uh, growing. Okay, so you grow up. At what age did you know? Uh, I, I guess you probably played other sports, but what age did you know you stood out in basketball? What age did you know you really liked it and that's what you were going to do? Oh, uh, man, as far as I can remember. So, Rex, I didn't play uh, sports, man. I didn't play boys and girls stuff, stuff like that. I was street ball, you know. We, we right. played football, a little bit of stick ball. Yeah. Um, you know, all of that. I was just in the streets, man, and pick up games on the blacktop. I didn't play on the team until I was in high school. So uh, that's wow. why I was, that's why my game was versatile like that because, you know, pickup games, there's no posting up. You, yeah. you got to be able to handle it or you're going to have to sit around waiting for somebody to pass you the ball. Right. So you <laughs> do everything. When so did you grow? Uh, man, I was six When did you foot, grow? In high school, I was six foot, maybe 5'11", my freshman year, six eight by the time I was senior. So I grew <laughs> gradually. Knees were killing me, bro. But that's how my game, you know, grew. I, I was a, a guard, you know, handling wow. the ball, and then I just started yeah. moving. And, uh, you know, uh, those things just, just worked out for me. So, um, but, you, you know, they didn't publicize where people were from. So I, I, I watched the game all the time, but I had no idea that it was reality. I didn't know that I could be an NBA player. You know, right, um, I, right. just, I just thought it happened to someone else from somewhere else. And so this one time I, I picked up a magazine, uh, Street and Smith, if you remember. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. And it was rating the point guards. It was in my sophomore year uh, going into my junior year. And it was rating the point guards in the country. And they had me as one of the top five. And the, the write up on the side of it was, uh, you know, I was easily going to be an NBA player. And, and I was just like, what? You know, I had no idea. Isn't that <laughs> crazy? My, my only thing was this, Rex. When I go, when I come into this game today, everybody that's watching, they gonna see I'm the baddest dude out here on this court. And that's that's the mindset <laughs> I had to the game. That was it. You know, the Rex Chapman Show is sponsored by Fliff. Fliff is a social sports book with a chance to win cash prizes. Fliff customers can purchase Fliff coins, and then as a bonus. Fliff awards free Fliff cash with their purchase. Fliff is the only sports book that gives you free coins and cash daily. Sign up for Fliff, the social sports book. What makes us different, you ask? Fliff is a free-to-play sports book that awards real cash and prizes. Use the code BBNEWS for a 100% match bonus. No sports betting in your state? Try Fliff. So you grew up, you get high school, you have a growth spurt. Was it you you idolize Lynn, uh, Lenny Bias. And I, and I got to tell you, I was at Kentucky. Uh, I just got into Kentucky when this happened or was, and when it happened, I didn't know Lynn. I, I, he was old, a little older than I was, but I loved him. I loved watching him. And when I heard that he died, I, it, it just broke, it like broke me. And I did something so stupid for years, years because of this. Uh, if I was, I remember we had to go to the weight room shortly thereafter and stuff. And I, I remember like, you know, we'd run on the treadmill and if they'd say, stop, I'd go 34 more steps. Oh. I'll do 34 more jumps. 
I would do try to get in 34 more benches, you know, three here and two here after that one, 34. That's just how messed up I was. So my question to you is, did you, as a young man who grew up idolizing Lynn, who's right down the street at Maryland, uh, were you always going to go to Maryland? And what did that do to you when he passed? Oh man, not, not only me, it just, it just tore me apart. You know, I, I, that dude was Superman to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, invincible. And to see something like that happen, uh, it was just, it was just horrible. It was horrible. I remember crying just uh, uncontrolled. How old, how old were you, Walt? Cause you'd have been a young teenager, right? 16. 16, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, just, just crying uncontrollably, man. I just couldn't believe it, you know? And uh, I, I grew up a, as a kid, I was a Georgetown Hoya fan, you know, John mm-hmm. Thompson, those guys, man. And uh, and then uh, my, my father, he's from North Carolina, um, uh, Dunn, North Carolina. And uh, he took me to a Tar Heel uh, Turp game. So he thought he was taking me to see the Tar Heels. But, you know, this one time they, they play and I'm just I'm just watching the game. And then this dude went up and shot this jump shot. It was just the prettiest thing I had ever seen. man. it, it just it looked different than anything I've ever seen. It was just beautiful. And I just started watching him. I just started watching Lynn after that. I started watching the sports machine with George Michael all the time, waiting to see him. <laughs> and uh, man, all of a sudden, I was watching turf basketball all the time. As a matter of fact, me and my my teammate, my college teammate, Tony Massenberg, uh, we wrote this book here. It's called Lessons. Uh, everybody, everybody's teammate, Tony Massenberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Playing yeah, with every wrote- team in the league. <laughs> we, we, wrote, we wrote this book uh, uh, called Lessons from Lenny uh, because we, you know, we would often get together, talk about the good old days. And, man, I didn't know he loved Lenny as much as I did, you know. And so we wow. thought that the world should know more than just the circumstances surrounding his death. We wanted the world to know the impact he had on us personally, um, the impact he had on the u- university and the community. You know, he meant the world to us here. And so we wanted the world to know about him. Fantastic. What was it when when you got to Maryland? I mean, that 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 his death still resonates culturally and especially in the basketball. But you were two years you arrived after that. What what was it like just two years removed from from his passing, the culture at at, at, uh, Maryland? And you came in, Walt, and to add to that, you I mean, you came in and you're kind of the, the, the program's not in the best shape you're kind of taking a chance going there right oh absolutely um you know um it was just uh, so many bad things circling the the university uh surrounding the university and for me as a kid growing up and and, and watching them especially seeing bias in, in those years man I, I thought university was just the, the place to be right. and so uh, the the environment or the the, the how uh uh, the university was being referred to was not what I felt and what I saw. And so I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of to bringing it back to what I felt the university was. And so that had a big part to do with me going to the University of Maryland. I thought that the only place I could be like Lynn Bias was at University of Maryland. I remember playing, wow. in, like I told you earlier, playing on the blacktop, man, right before we would play the games, right? We would, we would yell out uh, who we were going to pretend to be that day. You know, and I would always yell out bias, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know and, and I wanted the kids in the community. I want the, when, when they play pickup games, I wanted them to pretend like they were me, 
you know, and, and like I did bias and I thought that the only way that that could happen is uh, playing at the University of Maryland, um, doing what I needed to do and, and uh, 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 bringing the university back to where I thought what it was or, or, or the feeling that I had. So I was, I was really spearheaded by that. And, uh, you know, Lynn Bias was a huge reason. I didn't want to leave, I wanted to play in front of my family and friends, you know, uh, I couldn't leave my mama. You know, yeah. at that age, so I wanted to stay in front of her for sure. You know, we had Coach Wood, we had Gary on uh, a couple months ago, and uh, you know, he pointed to your loyalty as a, a critical factor in the the program's turnaround. And I, I wonder, are, do you are you able to sit back, Walt, and realize the impact that you've had on that program going there and and kind of you know giving them a shot uh, at having you. And seeing how it turned out, because the program really was in turmoil uh, with the NCAA and otherwise. Are you able to, you know, feel that in your heart? Well, oh, absolutely, man. Now, you know, at the time, yeah. you know, hey, it was just I, I had no idea. You know, uh, I, I, the thing I was doing is letting waking up every morning, letting things naturally come to me. If I woke up thinking to myself, you know what, uh, it's time for me to leave. That's what I would have done. But every morning it was, you know, hey. I wanted to stay with my brothers. I wanted to get into this fight. I wanted to follow in Lynn Bias' steps on the court and, uh, and, and bring this university back to prominence. All of those things is what I was feeling every morning. And so uh, it was a natural thing for me. And, you know, I think this year, this summer will be my 53rd family reunion, man. You wow. know, I've had a family reunion every year of my life. So wow. that's what I know. I know about family, man, and hanging in there with each other. You know, my family has really shown me that. And so uh, I just couldn't imagine uh, uh, leaving the school hanging and leaving my teammates. Did you, beautifully put, by the way, did you, um, did, did it take some convincing uh, by you with Gary to allow you to play the point? Because, I, I mean, at that point, really and truly, you know this, really, we only had one magic. six, seven, six, eight point guard. And that was magic. Maybe Steve Smith was yeah. coming along. Right. Um, but people were not willing to give the ball to a guy six, eight, six, seven, six, eight. H how did that go? And, and what was that like for you? So I think the seed was planted a little in uh, the off season when we would play pickup games and guys could see us play pickup okay. games. And so I think the seed was planted there. Also in my freshman year, um, Bob Wade, Coach Wade was my coach. And, and when we would play against the Tar Heels, they were full court pickup man to man and then run and jump. And so I could see over top of that. So when they would run and jump, I would just make that first pass and create that four <laughs> and three easy. So he would let me play the point against the Tar Heels. So I had, <laughs> I had a little familiarity with it, right? And so this is what helped me, man. And it, I tell you, it changed the direction of my career, actually. Um, we had lost to Coppin State, you mm -hmm. know. Right up the road. Ooh. Right up the road, man. Ooh. That's when they had Larry Stewart who played. Right, Stewart, my yeah. teammate. Yeah, yeah. And so um, that next day, uh, Tion McCoy, he was like 5'10", point guard, but really he was a shooter. He wasn't really a point guard. From Indiana. And, uh, yeah, yeah. He's from Indiana. Yeah, yeah. And so he's, I thought that I, I came into the office and I said, you know, Coach Williams, I think that I can be the point and Tion is at the two, you know, and uh, I, I think we work better that way. And in that practice later on, Man, he full court pressed me, three quarter, half court, all. I mean, it was a rigorous practice. 
And then after that, he gave me that opportunity, man. And this what this what happened after that. I thought to myself, because just like you say, it was only magic. And I was like, man, he really must believe in me to let me wow. run the point, right? Wow. It was the, you know, you know, back then in college, it was off the hook. It was, you know, mm-hmm. guys were not leaving early. They were pro ready, but they were still in college, you know. Yep. And so um, it was some really good point guards in that league. And uh, what I started to do is I took I took it very seriously. I, I started to say, hey, look, I'm if I'm the point guard, that means I'm the coach on the court. So I must know when I when I learn plays, I must I must learn the play, not just what I'm supposed to do, but the play. So I know where everyone is going. You don't have to look over at the coach when he call his play. If you don't know what to do, I'll tell you what to do. Right. And so what started to happen is now I know where everybody is. I started to pay attention to the defense. I could see, oh, he's out of position. When this happens, when this action happens, he's going to be wild. So I started to know what was going to happen before it happened because I took on the, the mentality of I need to learn the play. And so that changed the direction of my, my career. And that helped me even when I wasn't the point guard, you know, because that's the way I learned plays from that point on. And so it really helped me a lot. Did you, Walt, did you, um, because I, I really, I couldn't, I, I probably should have been a point guard, you know, at my size, um, six three, six four. But my mind didn't work that way. Like if when I if I'm getting pressured, I'm getting by you and trying to go score. You know, <laughs> I, if somebody comes open in that meantime, I can find you. I get it. But did you? I I I found the two spot to be probably less uh, less pressure. Uh, because I, 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 it was my most comfortable position. Did you feel, how did you feel when you played with the ball versus off the ball? And which did you prefer or did you prefer one? Um, I just prefer being on the court. I didn't care, man. You know? okay. <laughs> so, so the foundation of my game always, I always liked guys who were all around the handle, pass, mm-hmm. score, do everything. Iceman kind of messed that train of thought up, you know. <laughs> and that's why I was able to chat. I was able to channel my inner Iceman in my senior yeah. year in college when I was averaging 27 a game, you know. Yeah. But, but, you know, but for me, it was always, I grew up playing to get with older guys. And so, you know, as a young guy out there playing pickup games, you could not try to score all the time you had to get a ball up and so uh, I saw that when I was able to break people down make the good passes I was able to shoot more and so uh so that was the foundation of my game I always liked that part of it and at the small four you know playing against small fours back then they had that combination of doing everything out on the court you know being a wing and then posting you up so it, it was just difficult so I wanted to be able to have that versatility to be able to I was one of the smaller small forwards on that yeah line in the game so I wanted to be able to have that versatility of pulling guys away from the basket and, and being able to create and uh you know create for my teammates I got as much joy out of passing the ball as, as scoring you know that's a uh I want to touch on because you averaged 27 points a game in college I mean that's a shorter game it's it's that's unbelievable especially back then it was a you know a slower game in a lot of ways sometimes and but how did it feel knowing that you had come up idolizing and seeing that jumper, you know, from Len Bias? And then that season, you surpassed his single season point total. And, uh, <laughs> what did that feel like? Just, you know, a few years earlier, you were like, that's the guy. Look at that perfect yeah. jump shot. What did that feel like for you? 
I mean, it was surreal, man. Uh, you know, I didn't realize it until uh, I knew that I was going to be the uh, all-time single season, uh, have, this, have that record, probably like the maybe the third or fourth, maybe even fifth game uh, ending the season, uh, right? And so uh, when, when the, when the uh, uh, PR dude, uh, when he told me about that, it was just, it was just amazing, man. And, uh, you know, I never really paid attention to it. I was, I was just out there trying to win. And uh, I had went on a streak where I scored like 30 points, like eight games or something like that in a row. And I didn't realize I was doing that until like maybe the, the third game. And then after that, man, you know, my teammates would do things like, you know, they just, I had a teammate, a teammate, his name is Frank Horton, right? I remember this one game. I can't remember who it was, but we had came out of a huddle and it's probably like eight minutes left in the game. And I'm walking onto the court and he, he tapped me. He said, hey man, you only got 25 now. We got eight more minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> like that because it was tough for me. Like I said, the foundation yeah. of me was doing everything right, right. to just to, to just go score. That was that was tough. I, you know, I had moments where I felt like, oh man, am I gunning out yeah. here or what? You know, and right. uh, Coach Williams really helped me with that. Man, he really got on me. I, I, this real quick story, man. I remember we no. in the Clemson, right? And I started the game. Oh, we down in Little John, and I I, I might I might have started off the game maybe zero for seven, zero for eight. And uh, I passed up a wide open three, and uh, we missed the shot. They came down on the other end. They missed. We got the rebound. Coach called a timeout. So I'm walking towards the bench, and he's walking off the bench coming towards me. And he meets me on the court, and he starts screaming, telling me that, you know, we're not going to have a chance to win unless I shoot. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, you mean score, right? I, I'm going to start this game off 0 for 8. We talk about shoot. But then in that moment, I thought, oh, man, this dude must think that I am incredible out here, you know? And it was it was a confident building to another level, you know, because he was very frank, very upfront. He didn't, you know, he told you exactly how you felt. And I thought that he felt that I was the best player on the court and I wanted to live up to that, you know, and uh, – Consequently, that's when I went on my, my scoring spree like that because uh, he challenged he challenged me on that. He was like, you know, this is the way that we, we have a chance to win. You need to score, and uh, you know, I was just trying to win. You 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 said something about Frank Horton that that just makes me smile because you know this. You you guys know this. Josh played high school ball. Uh, we when your teammates say something to you like that, man, you got. You, you got 25, you only got 25, there's eight more minutes. That's a kind of love because they're showing you much love right there. They're, they're not, you're not only their teammate, they're cheering for, for you. They love what you're able to do. They would love to be out there doing that. They love that you're doing it. Right. And that was, that's, that was awesome, man. Yeah. Right. That, that was awesome, that, man. Yeah. Right. It means so much. Um, you know, it, it, when in high school, uh, they'd tap me and be like, hey, man, we only got four minutes left, and you got two points and three rebounds. <laughs> Go do something, and don't call for the ball. Please, please don't. <laughs> do something out That's here. Okay. Do something. okay, I'll go get a rebound. <laughs> Walt, you're the seventh. You, so you leave Maryland, you're seventh pick in the draft, and you go from being at home all the time to mm. now you're on the West Coast, and not only in the West Coast, you're in Sacramento, <laughs> California. What was that like for you? It was nuts, man. I tell you what, when I got off the plane, the trainer, 
the trainer, uh, his name is Ed. He came and picked me up, right, to drop me off at the hotel. And on the way to the hotel, we passed the arena. You could see the arena off on the side of the freeway. And back then, Arco Arena just sat there on the middle of a field. like Middle of a field, cow field. And I saw like all these sheep out there, you know, like on the field. I was like, where am, where am I, man? <laughs> I go from the city to ride, like seeing all these sheep out there on the, on the yard with the, where the arena is. So it was those, well, those were cows. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> That's, that's hilarious. A guy that could that had so much in his bag, and yeah. and then you know, as as you said, became this great shooter as well. Do you remember a particular night or a couple where you went out and you were like, after the beginning, you were like, uh oh, I feel it. Yeah. You had to have a couple of those, and do you remember any specific ones? Oh, yeah. I remember in my rookie year, you know, playing against uh, the Sixers. I had a, a 40 point night. Uh, there. Ah. So, so I remember my first three I shot. I shot it. It was it was straight on, but I, it felt good. Right. Um, but I knew it was a little too hard. So I tried to pull back off of it. And that thing went in it went off the glass. Boom, boom. And oh. I was like, uh-oh, because Got away with it. I felt it on target, but it left a little too hard. So I pulled back and it still went in. And I knew that, you know, it was going to be a good night that night, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, when, when I was when I'm shooting the ball and making guys have to run up on me, have to play that that tight, you know, it just opened up all the other parts. And so, uh, you know, like I said, I just got a joy out of, you know, throwing alley-oops, making passes or whatever. I, I got to say, too, man, playing with Rex, man, he used to throw the best alley-oops on the break, bro. He used to hook me up with that. <laughs> man, I love that. I love that so much. Uh, well, I, I just I think back about your game and I think about you playing today because I I just watch all these guys. You had the same you had the skill set to play like we play today. You know, I, I, you know, I was more of a catch and shoot guy. I could dribble some and all that, but you were, you were six, eight long three D three and D guy. Can you imagine playing where you, it's not a post-up game and you're not getting, you don't, you don't have to go down there and get switched up on Horace Grant, Right. you know, <laughs> it's everybody's facing the basket. Can you imagine your game today? Walt? and, and then when you beat your man, I mean, that lane is not big guys just sitting in there, you know. <laughs> Shot blockers. Wide open with guys kind of running and catching up. Oh, man, it's just a totally different game. And uh, and, and that pay, the way they get paid, man. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's unbelievable out here. So, yeah, man, I, I definitely look at the game today. And I, I call my mom often and say, man, how come you couldn't have me 20 years later? <laughs> <laughs> We'll be on easy street right now. <laughs> uh, born too soon. So, um, well, I didn't know you played against Alonzo in high school. Yes. You did? Uh, I played against him at five-star basketball. Okay, camp. okay. I gave, I gave Alonzo his only loss in five-star camp history, man. So, Fantastic. You know, six, eight, you know, they automatically, when they lining us up, they picking the teams, and I was one of the smaller, bigger guys. So I was I was one of the centers of, of our team, but I was a guard. 
And so championship game, Lonzo had to guard me. We matching up. So he on the post, we double teaming him crazy. <laughs> but then on the other end, he got to guard me up for the three point line. So oh, that's, problem that's so him. good. That's so <laughs> good. Well, how did you? Uh, uh, so you retire. You retire, and how do you? Did you know what you wanted to do once you retired? Uh, did you? How how did you make the transition from hooping to broadcasting? So uh, how I retired, man. I had my son. He was born. Uh, I have three sons. Uh, my oldest is uh, Tyrese. My middle is uh, Kamari. He plays uh, basketball. He a junior at uh, Miami, Ohio, and then my wow. youngest is uh, is eighteen, Bryce. So at the time he was born. He was born prematurely. And so uh, he was born at 24 and a half weeks, man. So wow. it was a serious time in my life. He wasn't even bigger than my hand. Wow. And uh, so I couldn't I couldn't focus on basketball anymore. Uh, it, it retired me for good. And uh, so I, I just wanted to be around him. And, uh, you know, I, after those few years, probably like three, four, five years, um, you know, he started to get bigger, stronger, more independent. And then uh, that's what I started to you know, search for what I'm going to do for the second wow. half. And that's when I came across, you know, being a sports analyst and uh, for the church, church basketball games, their home games. Um, I'm on the radio. You know, I got a face for radio. So, uh, <laughs> you and, <me> both. <laughs> and uh, you know, I've been, a, I've been a, a financial advisor for the past 13 years as well. Um, I was on the board for Care First Blue Cross Blue Shield for nine years. Wow. Um, uh, I, I, like I said, I've been an author. Um, I right now I'm an entrepreneur as well. I um, you got I, some vodka, don't you? Yeah, man. I got a, huh? I got a brand called a uh, Clutch Vodka. Yeah, man. You know, just get a look look at that. Let's vodka. go. Let's yeah. go. We'll we'll be we'll be exchanging uh, addresses here soon. <laughs> so you know, hey, man, it's a smooth premium vodka, man. It's hundred percent corn, gluten free, no sugar, no carbs. So I wanted to make sure it was affordable prices, man. You know, and so. Uh, yeah, man, just doing a lot of different things. As a matter of fact, we got a we have a contest going on right now. I, one of my friends, uh, Kevin Sullivan, he did this illustration of me, man, and I wanted to give it to the fans. And so, uh, what I did, so we have a contest that ends on December 11th. So all you gotta do is follow us at Clutch Vodka on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, at Clutch Spirits on Twitter, and then retweet it to a friend, and then hashtag the Wizard is Clutch. And you'll have a chance to win, man. We're going to pick the win on, on December 11th. And the, the biggest thing is if you go to our website, uh, clutchspirits.com, uh, you can order, you know, out of state. We're right now in locations in uh, Delaware, D.C., and Maryland. But uh, you can get online uh, deliveries from potomacwines.com on our website or just go directly to their website and they'll be able to, uh, you know, ship, ship a bottle to you. Look at Walt Williams. Walt Whitman, <laughs> salesman, just went through the whole thing. Think he doesn't know what's going on in his own business, Josh? Think Ooh. again. Think Ooh. again. <laughs> the wizard. The wizard. I, Walt, you're coming out right now. If you're coming out right now from high school to college, how much money are you making with Ooh. the NIL? You know what, Rex? You know I used to have a headband and the high socks, man. Oh man, I think I would be. I think I would be making a killing right about now. You know, <laughs> you know what I think is going to happen. These guys who normally say, "Hey, look, you know, um, I got to get to the pros and get this money." Now you're able to get money in college. It, it might turn out to keep these kids in college longer. You know, I think and, you're right. You know, I, here, here's what I wonder, Walt, because you know I grew up with not with not much. You know. 
I, if I was going to go to college, I was going to probably take out a school loan and go to college. Um, I going to college, I was just, I just wanted to get a scholarship, right? That was my main reason for wanting to go. Um, I wonder like if somebody would have given me a million dollars right out of high school. And if, and I, fortunately I got to school and was good enough to play right away. But if I hadn't been and, you know, and I got a million dollars and nobody else in the locker room is making that much money and I can't even get on the court or I just wonder if maybe some of the incentive to be become a, a really great player or a kind of a good player, really good player. I wonder if that would go away at at such a young age. And I guess it's something we're going to have to deal with now. I'm glad the guys are getting paid. I just I want to know what the rules are. <laughs> I think that, you know what, Rex, I think that has to do with when you go get to somebody's competitive nature, just like you yeah. were talking about earlier, I'm working out, and then when it's finished, I'm doing 34 more. Right. You don't, you don't do things like that if you don't have that competitive nature. And so when you're coming out from high school to college and they give you this type of money, now it's an expectation that you have yeah. to live up to. And I think that when kids are competitive, you know, they're going to work to live up to that. And so people won't think they, they're flops and, you know, yeah. things like that, man. So hopefully it inspires uh, kids to, to, to work to live up to their expectations. You know, the game has changed so much, as you all alluded to. But the players but, are the same. But the players are the same. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have a guy now that you look at and watch and think, that's kind of what I would be if I was playing in today's game. Ooh. So I'll give you this right here. It was a it was a reporter from Sacramento from the Sacramento Bee. His name is Marty McNeil. Rest in peace. He passed away a few years mm -hmm. back. Great, great reporter. But he was so cool. This dude called me one day and he's like, man, I just saw this kid and he reminded me exactly of you. And it was Kevin Durant, man. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. I said, I said, hey, man, I appreciate that. You know, he's a little bit quicker. He probably can shoot better. He's taller. But, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Y'all were so skinny, though. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's how, you know, when I went in my senior year, that's why I was 6'8", 160 pounds. Yeah. You know, so, so it reminds me of, uh, you know, what I what I was like uh, growing up and just being able to, because when you when you're that skinny, people go, oh, they can just push you around or whatever. And sometimes it's just hard to get bigger, you know, to, yeah. you know yeah. it takes a minute, man. And, and so what you learn is it's about leverage, you know, if you and when you're beating somebody, if you're coming into them and you, you learn these things. Things, these little tricks uh and, and it helps me and, and it helped me and i can see when kevin plays that yeah. he's not the biggest strongest guy but guys don't uh, toss him around because he has those tricks in this game so it it does remind me of, of when i played for sure right uh well what's your favorite movie oh uh, man um remember the titans okay okay, okay. that's <laughs> a right. good one that's a great love one. It. love it all right what about um you could sit front row center for any band or singer or speaker or athletic, anything dead or alive, front row center, Walt the Wizard to see. Oh, man, that is tough, man. It can be anything. Anything. Yeah. I would I would have loved to see like like uh, so Iceman was my it was awesome to watch him, but I would have loved to see him in person. I would have loved to see, because when I'm yeah. watching him, it just looked like it's so easy. Like, he's not even 
playing that hard and I would just love to see that smoothness in, in real life. He just man. floated. He floated. Right. You know, it, it, you don't ever see people pushing him around. I guess he got pushed around some, but you I sure guess. don't see it very much. <laughs> and 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 I had that Iceman poster, too. It was on my bedroom wall from the time I was, I don't know, 13, probably. So I, I got a sign because if you remember, he was an assistant coach with uh, John Lucas for the Spurs for a brief stint. So um, I was on the Kings and I was uh, I was I had my poster and I came out to get his autograph. And before the games, him and John Lucas would play two on two against current players. And I mean, man, Iceman was tearing dudes up out there, but he still had it. But afterwards, uh, he 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 signed the order, but he signed my picture for me, man, and I framed it, and I've had it ever since for sure. One of my That's biggest great. thrills was I was my first or second year in Washington, and if you remember, there was a sporting goods store in the D.C. area called Herman's. Oh yeah, Herman's sport. <laughs> and me and Iceman did a commercial together. He <laughs> was talking about me playing. Oh wow! And I was freaked out, freaked out. But he's the best dude. I know you, you've you run into him over the years. Isn't he the best guy? He's the best, man. So cool. Best. Cool on and off the court, man, for sure. Super nice, but yeah. Wizard, I can't thank you enough, man. This has been great. We got to catch up. For sure, Rex. Thanks for having me, bro. It's good to see you, my man. Come, come back anytime. Let's do this again. Let's come back during the basketball season. We'll talk more hoops. Absolutely. Thank right, you bro. so much for being here, man. This was a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure, brother. My pleasure, Josh. Thanks, Walt. Right. Walt the Wizard Williams. I love that dude. What a great I, personality, right? I know you do, and you've talked about it before, and you're spot on. What a great dude. It'd be like, he'd be the guy that if you sat on a long flight and he sat next to you and he talked a lot, you wouldn't be annoyed. You'd be like, this is exactly. awesome. Instead of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. You'd be like, He's yeah. He's the guy in the locker room that, that like, if you're sitting right next to him and the coach is cussing everybody out and the coach just says something really stupid in the moment, like, shut up when you're talking to me, that Walt would, we'd both, like, hit knees and just, you know, <laughs> just start laughing. He, he was up for playing a good game of grab ass anytime. Right. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you can you can tell quick to smile, a great <laughs> yes. smile. That was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. That was a lot dude. of fun. And and he he would have been perfect for this game. Oh my God. Man. I mean, he just he he would I'm trying to think in today's game who Walt would who Walt's like. He's he was just so smooth with his handle and could get anywhere he wanted to go. And then once he did, once he learned he could spot up and shoot, it was over. Yeah. Over. And what a good teammate. I mean, you can yeah. tell, right? Yeah. Another in the line of great shooters we've had. Yeah. Uh, we've had some good ones on here. Yeah. yeah. All right, buddy. Well, uh, that was it with Walt Williams. Let's uh, do it again next time, next week. You want to? I'd love to. All right. Let's do it right back here for the Rex Chapman Show with Super Dope Josh Hopkins, powered by basketballnews.com. <laughs>